Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about what do you do when you just aren't motivated? You have zero motivation, right? I think we've all been there. And if you think it's just you, then hopefully me talking about this while I'm experiencing this low motivation will be helpful just to know that you're not in this alone. And also to know when you do, maybe you're not experiencing it right now, but when you do go through it, just remembering that, oh, this is normal. This is totally normal. We go in and out of motivation. People aren't always motivated. So let me just kind of walk you through what's been going on. I'm going to use what's been going on in my life as an example. So recently, um, I had this amazing opportunity to just pour my heart and soul and knowledge and build a course on like the anatomy. And this course is for really anybody, gym enthusiasts, people who just love lifting and want to learn more about it, people who are coaches, people who want to be coaches, people who have been coaching for years and years and find that they like, I keep hearing, in fact, today I, I just shared more about my course and it was kind of funny hearing people say, you know, I, I, I'm finishing up with NASM and I feel like I don't know anything. Or yeah, those, those certifications, they just, they don't even really teach you what you need to know in the moment of training. And anyways, it's, so I saw this huge gap in the industry and I was really, really, really excited to fill that gap because I've gone to biomechanics courses that are pretty in-depth and if somebody just goes from finishing NASM to jumping into something like that, they are going to feel lost. Um, in fact, I I just barely went to another in-person practical with N1 and there was a coach there. She's so sweet. But, and she's been coaching for a really long time. She has her own app and everything. And I could tell this woman was so overwhelmed with the information and she didn't even know like, honestly like where to place it um so i've noticed that there's just this huge gap and i was in the industry as far as education for coaches and i was so excited to fill this gap and so i worked so 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 hard just pouring my heart and soul into it and um i'm talking about 10 11 hour days of me writing this program or uh, course and me uh recording it and then after I launched it, it was just kind of like, now what? But the problem was, is my husband was like, okay, you have this like month to do all these recordings and then I'm going to take off and, and I have some business stuff that he needed to work on. And so I really, really was just like, okay, now what? At th so I kind of felt this high from doing all of this work. I felt so much purpose. I had this goal. I was shooting for it. I reached it and it was almost like so exciting, but this like, almost like a free fall of now what? And my thing is, is I usually go from project to project to project, but since my husband was needing all this time, I couldn't, I had no other project to jump to. And I remember feeling this lull of like, ah, oh, now what? And then on top of it, that week, I also got my IUD out. So my IUD 
was a marina. And I'm going to explain just a little bit. We're not going to go. I'm actually planning out a whole other podcast just on this. But mine was hormonal based. Not all IUDs are, but mine was. And it was releasing um, progestin, which is a man-made synthetic progesterone. So IUDs and pills and stuff like that, they birth control um, that are hormone-based, they alter your hormones. That's why when people go on them, they can feel uh, signs of depression. In fact, the progestin that, because there's different types, the progestin that's in a morena has actually has direct links to causing depression, anxiety, mood shifts when people go on it. And it's very common. And so then when you get off of it, and maybe you don't experience those, any of those, every single person is different. And taking a synthetic hormone, every single person is so unique, they're going to respond differently. So I didn't have that response. I didn't think I did, actually. My husband the other day told me, no, there was a change in your mood when you went on it. He said, I remember it. In fact, it wasn't subtle. I looked it up and researched it because I noticed it right after you put in the IUD. And he said, I just figured it would just kind of balance out over time, which it seemed like it did. But anyway, so I got the IUD removed and I went through, this isn't a, a scientific term. And in fact, those that make Morena refuse to acknowledge that there is any type of Morena crash. But so they, the manufacturers deny this. There's no existence. They refuse to acknowledge this. But so many people experience it that it actually has this name called the Morena crash. So after you go off of it, remember the body was getting this progestin and it actually lowers your own production of progesterone. So when you pull it out, you have to wait a while for your hormones to become balanced again. And I just want to touch on that, that balanced hormone um, phrase. I had somebody message me on Instagram saying, I hate it when people say balance hormones. Hormones aren't supposed to be like a certain number and they're constantly fluctuating and it doesn't matter. But I think that there was some misunderstanding about that to, to that individual who wrote into me. Because yes, everybody's healthy ranges for um, different hormones are going to be different. But typically there is this balancing act of testosterone, progesterone, estrogen. So there's this, this balancing act in the body. And when you are experiencing uh, like too much testosterone, your body can then turn some of that testosterone into estrogen, and then you can become 
estrogen dominant because it's not proportionally balanced to progesterone. Does that make sense? So we're not shooting for an exact number per se, but we are shooting for this balance where you are going to feel your best. Now, typically with perimenopause, what women are experiencing is they are experiencing the lower progesterone, which can then put them into estrogen dominance, which makes them feel pretty crappy. So let me just kind of go through some of the things that this Morena crash um, is known for. And I'm actually just, I'm, I'm actually just going to list what I experienced. Because remember, I was just coming down off of this experience of like building this course and being on this high and feeling such purpose for life. And, um, and possibly my, <laughs> my life was a little imbalanced at that point because everything had shifted to work. And my husband was just like being the stay at home dad. And I was just gone, just focused, focused, focused on, on this. Um, that's a story for another day, right? Trial and error. That's just life. And I, I learned from that, but, um, but then I, I felt this crash and then on top of it, I'm getting my IUD out. And um, I started getting really nauseous. Um, I started experiencing like soreness in my breasts. Um, my sex drive just plummeted, non-existent. I'm sure some of you out there are listening like, what? <laughs> Did mine ever exist? Right? I think it's very common um, for women not to have healthy mindsets or understanding of sex drive in and of itself. That's a story for another day, right? But I, my typical higher sex drive had just plummeted. I was really irritable. I started getting some anxiety. Uh, fatigue was really bad. Uh, in fact, there were some days just like my sleep, I would sleep for my usual like seven and a half hours and I would wake up exhausted, just exhausted. And I have experienced low progesterone before. So these feelings were very familiar to me. And I just, anyways, this, my momentum and my overall ambition and excitement of health and fitness just took a nosedive. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm experiencing a little, I'm just a little unmotivated. It was like, no, this no motivation. I could just lay in bed. Um, for about three weeks, the depression was really um, bad. And I started getting really bad headaches. So my headaches were daily. Um, it's no fun to lift with a headache. But anyways, so I was having all of these effects. And so um, luckily was able to reach out to Gillis. I had just barely finished a mentorship where they talked about hormones, talked about IUD removal. I wish I had been a little bit more proactive going into it. I wish that I would have started as soon as I got uh, the IUD removed, 
I wish I had started on chase berry extract and, and B6 multivitamin and vitamin C. Other things that people can do to help increase progesterone or help gate a lot of the issues with hormones post IUD removal, I was already doing. And so I didn't need to alter a ton of things, but I do think that that implementing chaseberry and B6 and vitamin C, it, like the day I had it removed would have helped uh, me a little bit more. So I, I did start implementing those things and I did start feeling better, but it was about two weeks uh, before I could really start uh, implementing those. I just waited too long. I kept thinking, oh, it'll go away soon. And after two weeks, I'm like, this is not going away. And my lack of motivation and my depression and irritability and the nausea uh, was something that I just didn't prepare myself for. Now, keep in mind, as I'm sharing this, not everybody experiences this and not everybody experiences it to this extent. I think sometimes when we hear other people's stories, we immediately want to take on their story and we need to be really wise in understanding that that you could have a very different reaction because your body is very different than my body. My habits, my routines are very different than yours. So you you could find afterwards and and our genetics are just different and our our needs are different. So you could find that maybe it was better or worse after stopping the pill or getting your IUD removed, right? So I'm just, I'm, I don't want to instill fear in anybody who may be coming off of it, but I am going to share in the notes um, what I'm doing. I do think magnesium is also important in this, but magnesium was something that I was already doing. I think that not overdoing um, uh, workouts by doing tons of like HIT, um, high intensity work, I think it's important to kind of pull back on all of that and make sure that we're not uh, stressing the body out too much. But those were things that I was already doing. I was already training four to five times a week, doing weights, and we're not doing HIT with weights. We can, but that's not what I was doing. I was doing hypertrophy, a little bit more tension-based work, and I was focused on walking. So there wasn't a lot of, and I was prioritizing sleeping. So there wasn't a lot of stress un- do stress from my training that I couldn't recover from. I was trying to prioritize sleeping, all of these things. Okay. So those are things that I think are really important when you get your IUD removed, but it was this perfect storm. So let me go back to the, the, the purpose of this podcast, which was, which is to talk about what do you do when you feel just no motivation whatsoever? Cause that's where I had landed. So after a week of having the IUD removed and being done with my course, I just was, I was exhausted mentally and physically. I had just kind of given everything and I was just, my body's going through these changes and I was just feeling this crash come on. And so let me talk to you a little bit about what I like to do, which is called minimum goals. And I'm going to illustrate it with an analogy because that's just 
how I think. It's just where my mind goes is to analogies. For those of you who were raised on the beach, raised in water, you understand how powerful waves can be, right? We have different degrees of waves. And sometimes there will be a tiny little wave and and you can fight it. You're strong enough, you can fight that wave. And sometimes in life, tiny little waves um, will come at us and, and we're strong enough to fight that and keep pushing through and keep swimming through it. And it doesn't really carry us back to shore, right? It's not that powerful. We just need to kind of, nope, a little bit more effort and I can get through this wave. I can fight this wave. I'm strong enough. Now, there will be those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about when it's not just a little wave. It can almost for sometimes in life, it can feel like a tsunami, but we're not going to go down the tsunami route. But man, that's, that's a hard one. When you feel like it's a tsunami that's come down and it dragged you down, you tumbled and then you came out on dry ground and you're like, I lost all the ground I worked so hard for, right? So there are times though that the waves are just so strong that we can't fight them. And my husband spent most of his life in San Diego on the beach. And so this analogy has always worked really well. And he always talks about this. There are some waves you cannot fight. And he, I didn't know this because I'm not a surfer, but he's like, when the wave comes, you don't try to fight it. You don't try to swim against it. You go under the wave. But the thing is, typically, when you go under the wave, you pop back up in the same exact place that you were when you went under. And some people look at that as, no, but but I, I can't lose ground. I've got to keep moving. And me standing still is losing ground. But it's not. It's not. Sometimes in life, when the wave is too strong, if you try to fight it, it will pull you back onto dry ground. You will lose all of that ground because you're trying so hard to fight it. The best thing is to dive under the wave, let it roll over, and you pop back up in the same exact place that you were before. That's, that is progress because it's not losing ground. And when these times in our lives come, when we feel waves of just, I'm not motivated, the goal isn't, if, if, the, if the wave is too big, then the goal is to dive under this and come back up in the exact same spot. That's it. I cannot emphasize that enough, that that's it. That's progress. Holding your ground is sometimes exactly what you need to do. And you need to accept that, that that is the best thing for you. So having understanding of what's going on in your life Understanding that right now, I just need to dive under and let the wave go, go over me, roll over me. And having grace for yourself when you pop back up in the same exact place, just being grateful. I held my ground. That was the hard work. The hard work was not 
continuing forward a mile. The hard work was holding the ground. So sometimes it's the hard work brings us inching forward. And sometimes the hard work is I held my ground and I, I need to celebrate that. I need to be excited about it. So how do I hold my ground then? How do I dive under and allow the wave to come over me? So this is the minimum goals that I was talking about. This is what I do. I set minimum goals. I'm not going to show up having my entire fridge stacked perfectly with protein prep. I'm just not going to. I feel so unmotivated. I can barely, just speaking from where I've been, I hope this resonates with somebody out there, but just speaking from where I've been the past three weeks, I'm going to actually read to you guys. I, I don't track all the time. I took a long break and then I wanted to try out a new tracker called Macro Factor. So I've actually been tracking again. So it was kind of funny timing that this, I'm so unmotivated, but here I, I announced to everybody, I'm going to start tracking using this macro factor, and then I'm going to do a whole podcast, breaking it down and telling you guys what I think about it. So I have been tracking. Let me tell you how I've held ground with my nutrition. And you, there are some of you who have judgy pants on about nutrition, and I'm just going to ask you to take your judgy pants off because judgy pants don't look good on anybody. And so just take them off. Um, don't judge me. This is messy. I'm not sitting here preaching that this was the best foods possible. But this was me in survival mode. This was how I could hold my ground when I was so unmotivated and frankly, a little depressed and just trying to get, trying to make it through the day. You know how that feels when, when you are halfway through the day and you're just like, if I can just make it through without um, losing myself, without losing my children, without like, that would be great. That's, get, that's a great day for me. And that's how the past three weeks were. So how I showed up and stayed on track with nutrition, even when I was experiencing all this, is I stocked up on my three favorite quick proteins. I stocked up on built bars. I stocked up on good to go bars. And keep in mind, I'm tracking at maintenance. I really do think when you become super unmotivated, trying to stay in some aggressive calorie deficit may be the thing that will actually be the tsunami itself. Maybe you are creating the tsunami by you staying at some 1200 calorie diet, even when you're so unmotivated and life around you is crashing around you and you're just going to make it worse by these were little waves, but that maybe I could have dived under, but now I'm just going to make it a tsunami by no, I'm going to become, get more aggressive. Right. So I was tracking not in a calorie deficit, which would have been unwise dealing with hormonal imbalances um, and trying to also be in a calorie deficit. I'm, I just don't believe that that's wise. I think you handle hormones 
um, whether it's sex hormones or thyroid hormones, you handle those and you, you heal those in maintenance, not in a calorie deficit. Anyways, so I'm tracking at maintenance and I stocked up, like I said, on built bars, on good to go bars and Fairlife um, milk and core power, those shakes. And then also I just have my gold standard protein powder that I, that's pretty inexpensive from Costco that I get. And I usually just do a scoop of that with water. So let me read to you. Once again, I'm not sitting here preaching that this is how everybody should eat and this is the best food possible. And this is like, no, this was Lindsay in survival. This was me being so messy and yet messy was okay because I was diving under and allowing this wave to kind of roll over me. And so with nutrition, this is how I handled it. Okay, so I'm going to pull up my macro factor right now and I'm going to read to you guys exactly what I had. So I got back from the gym. I had two pieces of toast with butter and honey and a chocolate chip cookie and a scoop and a half of protein powder and I mixed it with water and that was about 500 calories with 43 grams of protein. That was pretty messy, but I got my protein in. Um, I got my post-workout carbs in. Two hours later, um, I had two built bars and two hours later, three hours later, I had a good to go bar. So, so far, this is exactly what I tell my clients. We don't want to live this way, <laughs> but it, but for me, this is not me living this way. Once again, this is survival mode. And that's how I got all my protein for the day. And then at nighttime, I asked my husband, um, I need help. We always forget to ask people, huh? We think that when we're unmotivated, that when we're going through hard times, I'm just going to do it all myself. I've got this. I'm not going to utilize my family. You know, that, that thing that God gave me to help, you know, help me out through life. Nope, I, I got this. I can do this. <laughs> I have learned the hard way that I need to rely more on my husband and I need to, to give him opportunities to step up. Because if I just think that he's going to read my mind, I'm going to sit around pretty disappointed and building up, you know, some pretty bad feelings because he lacks the ability to read my mind. So, <laughs> and, and sadly people do that. And I've been guilty of that before in my marriage. If he loved me, he would just know, but that's not reality, right? Reality is that we've got to uh, be adults and we've got to ask for help. And so I asked my husband, I said, I'm just, can you make dinner? I'll even tell you what to make. Defrost some 96% lean beef. And can you start the grill and just grill up some hamburgers for us? And so I had my usual lean hamburgers with avocado, mayo, and um, a hamburger bun. That came to about four, uh, 30, 30 grams of protein, 430 calories, 30 grams of protein, 15 fat, 36 carbs. And then at the end of the day, this is how I ended my day. So my maintenance calories, just so you guys are aware, um, were this day came to uh, 2060. 
So I actually ate slightly under, which makes sense because I have been feeling a, a little bit, I was feeling a little bit nauseous as um, my hormones were shifting. So at the end of the day, uh, for those of you who are on social media and Instagram, I'm sure you've seen the Ninja creamy thing that everybody's making ice cream out of protein. And um, it's um, it's amazing. Seriously, I love it. So I had prepped those and I had those. So I had that, which was about 30, 390 calories, 30 protein. So literally guys, I'm not kidding you. I got everything but 30 grams. I got 170. I overate on protein. Usually I go to 140, but these were just, this is survival. I got almost all of my protein except for 30 grams of my protein from protein bars and protein shakes. And once again, this is not how I want to live. This is not how I would encourage my clients to live. Some of my clients can't do that because if they get that much protein from protein powder, um, it can give them some gut issues. I don't experience those. Um, and so once again, everybody's an individual, but this was how I was surviving. Just quick, easy protein I could just grab so that I could just dive under, let the wave crash and pop back up after three weeks of this type of foods pop up and I hadn't lost any ground. And I was just thinking in that moment, I just need to hold on. I just need to love my future Lindsay enough to do these minimums right now. So minimum goals are just that. I It's going to be messy but I'm going to do a minimum goal of I'm still going to focus on protein. I'm still going to fo focus on that. Even if it's messy, even if it's from protein drinks and protein powders, I'm just going to focus on it and I'm going to hold my ground. Now, you don't have to do it that way. There are other ways to do this, right? Um, and I, I finally like didn't, I didn't even have like the motivation to go grocery shopping. Usually I love grocery shopping, but I didn't. I had to order groceries from Walmart. I ordered a bunch of rotisserie chickens. I ordered a bunch because then it just comes and all I have to worry about is, um, you know, uh, breaking it apart and just putting it in the fridge so that I can use it for sandwiches. I can use it for uh, quick add-ins to meals um, for my family. Another thing that we did is we went to Costco and we got all those Kevin's meals. I love those meals. And the macros are amazing. And so I got tons of pre-made meals. And my kids love them too. And that's what we had for dinner. And so I just went to the store and bought as much pre-made proteins as I possibly could. So that's how I stayed on track with my protein. I mean, there were... Most days for lunch, I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a scoop and a half of protein. That was about 500 calories. I got my like 30 grams of protein. It was perfect. Um, and that's just how I survived. That's not how I normally eat. Anybody who follows me on Instagram knows that I'm usually more of like 
Whole Foods 80%, Fun Foods 20%. But during this time, it was just survival. So now let's talk about exercise. And what did I do for exercise? So with clients, I will tell them minimum goals. Okay, like if you feel really unmotivated, let's just get to the gym. And you're used to getting to the gym five days a week. Let's just get to the gym three days a week. Tell me exactly what three days. You make an appointment with yourself on those three days. And we choose the three days. And, and then I would tell them, um, sometimes they loved just having the, my app so they could go in and not think about it. But sometimes they're like, I'm not in the mood for that. I'm like, that's okay. The main thing is we're not losing ground. The main thing is you are showing up for yourself even when you don't want to. That's how good relationships are formed. And we need to create better relationships with ourselves. We are not showing up for ourselves. We are putting ourselves last. And then we're wondering, how come I don't love myself? You've been showing up for all of these other people. You've been showing up for their needs, giving them service, looking ahead in the future. What are they going to need to d- tomorrow in, in three weeks, in three years? And I need to set them up for success but you are not cultivating your own relationship with yourself. You need to show up for yourself. You need to love your future self as much as you're loving all these people around you and trying to set them up for success. And then almost resenting the fact that that's great. They're, they're doing great. I'm, I'm not surviving over here. I'm barely surviving. So I was so proud of my sister. She sent, she's one of those who I pretty much just described her. And she just sent me a message and she's like, I'm putting myself first. Everybody else's education has always been first. And I'm finally going back to school. I was so incredibly proud of her because she really loves her children and she wants what's best for them. But there was some building resentment happening because she always came last. So we've got to show up for ourselves. Even when we're unmotivated, we've got to love our future self enough to show up for her today. So with clients who they don't want to follow the plan, I'll tell them, get in, choose your favorite exercise. Just do one set of your favorite exercise. Get into the gym, one set of your favorite exercise. Because the truth is, Are they just going to do one set of their favorite exercise? No, they're going to go in there and they're going to do a few sets and then they're going to start feeling good. And then they get to choose another favorite exercise and another favorite exercise. And it doesn't matter if they don't pair well. It doesn't matter. Right now, they're not focusing on hitting PRs, on optimal training. They're focusing on keeping the habit and commitment to themselves so that they can keep a good relationship with themselves, so they can love themselves. That's what they're focused on. Well, what about just cardio or walking? Because I'm a huge mover. I love movement. And um, usually I get minimum of 12,000 steps. I'm, I'm a, I just love movement. And I haven't this past. I haven't wanted to move at all. So I had minimum goals. I'd say, okay, I'm going to get on my walker, my walker. That makes me sound like an old person. My walking pad. 
I'm going to get on my walking pad for five minutes. That's all. I, I'm not going to change my clothes to do it. I'm going to get get on in my slippers, but I'm going to do it five minutes because the truth is I know I'm not just going to get on for five minutes. But if I do just do five minutes, that's okay because that was all the commitment was. Does that make sense? These minimum goals. This is how we dive under the wave and we pop up and we haven't lost ground is we keep these commitments we've made to ourselves just by doing the very, very bare minimum. And then when the wave passes, you do not look forward and say, oh, I didn't move forward at all. You do not do that. You celebrate the fact that you held the ground you had worked so hard to get, the life you'd worked so hard to establish, the person you've worked so hard to become. You didn't lose her during this time when you felt so unmotivated. During these times is when the habits get you through. And sometimes the habits are going to be messy. I'm not going to tell everybody that the way I've been eating with literally living off of protein bars is how everybody should do it. But that's how I was able to be really messy but hold the ground and show up for myself in just the very bare minimum way I could. And and I'm proud of myself for doing that because it has been a really tough past three weeks. I haven't wanted to show up for myself, my family, my business. It's been a really tough three weeks. And so I'm just proud that I was able to do these minimum goals. I did it for my family, minimum goals, with my children, where I knew I wouldn't be beating myself up. I can give five minutes here and there. I can give five minutes here and there to my business. I can do these bare minimums just to get through this hard time because I know that this too shall pass. That was a really annoying thing that my mom used to say to me when I was younger. And I'm kind of still annoyed by that phrase, but yet it's so true. This too shall pass. And when it passes, who will you be? Will you have lost all that ground? Or can you be proud of the fact that you still were able to show up for yourself? So if you're struggling with being unmotivated, you're struggling with anything going on in your life right now and you feel out of control, you're not you're not, you still do have control and maybe it's just going to be messy for right now, but you can still show up for yourself. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, please send me a DM on Instagram. You can also check out my website, liftinglindsay.com. For more information on my optimized training programs, we are starting a new program. This Monday on the 24th, which I think is when this is going to be airing. So we're starting a new program today. You can join this week. You can join next week. Next week, we don't have any new written progressions. So it would still be a great time to join us. This is my personal program. So if you want to follow along, you can. You guys have a wonderful week.